Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe, as promised, is directly across from me and opposed for me, opposed to me on almost nearly everything we have to say around here, but... Uh I'm not opposed to you if you say today is Wednesday. (laughs) I would agree with you. Yeah, and tomorrow you get the day off. Tomorrow I get the day off. You're not opposed to that either. Not opposed at all. So there's a few things Joe likes, as long as they work in his favor. Uh, Rob Center is our fabulous producer. Uh, Tomorrow we'll have a year-end review from CBS, and uh, we'll have a 2021 look ahead from CBS at this time on Friday. So we got lots of uh, great coverage from CBS coming up, and Joe and I have to take the day off. But we'll come up here and meet in the parking lot and argue <laughs> from vehicle to vehicle. Can anyway. we just call each other on the phone and yell at each other for a few minutes and then go on our way? <laughs> we can. <laughs> okay, let's do that. On the Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street, Sunbury, and Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. As our show progresses, we'll have some open phones today. We invite you to call in uh, at that time after the 9 o'clock hour, but before then, we're glad to say that uh, State Senator Gene Yaw is uh, back. He's uh, <laughs> been in Harrisburg for 20 some years and just doing a fabulous job and just got reelected, right? Yeah, but I haven't been there quite that long. Okay. Yeah, see, I didn't think you'd been there that long. <laughs> it may seem like it sometimes. How many no. years now? Uh, I just finished 12. 12 years? Yeah. That's it? Oh, you're a pup compared to yeah. some of them dogs down there. Jeez. All right. And uh, never vied for or really pushed super hard to be in leadership. You know, John Gordner's a natural in, in the, as the whip, but uh, you kind of said, no, I'm just going to super serve constituents. Am I summarizing that right? Yeah, kind of. Um, it's like, I, it, it, you know, going to the uh, state legislature was uh, kind of something that I did uh, after I had worked, uh, you know, as a lawyer in private practice for, I don't know, 30-some years. So it, it, I did not go there with the idea that that was going to be a, a lifelong uh, career for me. Well, you were Lycoming County solicitor when I got a chance to cover the commissioners there. The best board of commissioners that ever existed during some of the time that you were there. You were solicitor, so I do remember that. Do you, you, you're you a pretty independent individual, a free thinker. Has that hurt you in Harrisburg when maybe you wanted something done? You know, you, we call it Russ Fairchild syndrome, where if you're remarkably adamant about things you know are right, sometimes the leadership doesn't like that. Now, I... I don't think it's hurt me. Um, I we were just talking. Joe and I were talking about it a little bit. Um, I you know get the feeling I'm one of the last moderates. Uh, you know, in in uh, uh, the legislature in the Senate, uh, I don't have real strong feelings about the fact that if it's a Democrat idea, that that does not make it wrong. Uh, you know, and I. 
philosophically, uh, uh, I've always been a, an admirer of Ronald Reagan, and one of Reagan's comments that I have followed is that um, if we agree 80% of the time, you're my friend and ally. You're not a 20% trader. And so an 80%, that's my goal, and that means <laughs> I'm going to disagree with the people, and they're going to disagree with me, and that's fine. Uh, but uh, if we agree 80% of the time, that's a pretty good record. I'm sorry. As you see, whenever you mention Ronald Reagan's name, Joe has to stand <laughs> up. So he's, that's what that was all about. So you saw that. But okay. And one more quickie question. Is that sort of this background, this mindset, this independence uh, that led you to write an editorial that we had in the news earlier this week? It's probably being published today or soon will be in newspapers, really saying that this idea that the election fraud or the election was stolen, this stop the steal thing, has been researched, investigated, tested in the courts, and found out to be untrue. No, I... It was just my feeling about maybe my training as a lawyer and, and like, you know, some of the things that are being said, uh, some of the emails I get are just absolutely wrong, legally wrong. And they're being put out and, you know, groups of people are promoting them and it's like, wait a minute, this is just wrong. You know, this is not what the Constitution says. And, you know, the the big issue out there is, oh, the legislature can select the electors. They can just do it whatever they want to do. Well, you know, the Constitution, the U.S. Constitution says that the state can determine the manner in which electors are selected. And we did that. Pennsylvania did that in 1937 in the election code. They said, okay, here's the way we select the presidential electors. We are going to do it. People get elected, and then the votes go with the popular vote winner in the state. We did that 83 years ago. We made that decision. And it's like you can't change it now for this election, go back and like change the rules of the game after the game started. But, gee, and didn't they do that to a certain extent when they uh, allowed voting to be counted three days after the election? Isn't that a change? That is an issue. There, there's no question that that's an issue that's out there as to whether or not uh, the Secretary of State had the, any authority to do that. Now, remember, that issue came, that issue was presented to the Supreme Court, though, the U.S. Supreme Court, and they did not take it. But was it on a specific element of that? I mean, part of the element of the whole lawsuit that went to the Supreme Court was that this change impacted the outcome of the election. Maybe the court just said, well, it didn't. You know, in our view, it didn't impact the outcome of the election. So that's why we're not going to look at that. You know, that one of the premises was wrong. Yeah, I don't know what they thought behind the scenes. Uh, I'm, you know, okay. uh, I, I'm a firm believer that the United States Supreme Court, I don't virtually you know, whatever happens is not going to upset or, or uh, say that this election should be changed. Uh, this just, that would turn the entire government structure in the United States into chaos. And, and you know, I'd like to think that we operate at a little bit higher level than that. And <laughs> the U.S. Supreme Court is just not going to allow that to happen. By throwing all these lawsuits at the states all over the country, is the president harming the Republican Party, in your view? 
I think he's making it very difficult for the Republican Party as a Republican Party. Now, you know, the, 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 the people who are uh, strenuous advocates for him think it's great. Uh, I think that uh, it's gotten to the point where it's like, look, uh, Mr. President, uh, uh, one of the first things that I learned in interscholastic and intercollegiate sports was, you know, be a gracious winner and also you need to be a gracious loser. And I think that, uh, like, look, you can disagree. I don't like the result of the election. And I made it publicly. I've stated many times I supported Trump. I voted for him every time. I supported him financially. But there comes a point where it's like, you know, what you could have done, and I think that it would have been great, is to say, I don't appreciate what happened in this election. I think that there were problems. I'm going to devote the next four years to working out those problems and getting things straight. And then he should have adopted uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, statement, I'll be back. (laughs) What about when you have a a lawsuit filed that has things in it that you know are wrong? I mean, I can't go to common pleas court and do some sort of a filing that says, you know, Gene Yaw uh, claimed on the radio he's a football player and he's talked about uh, all these things, his accomplishments and so on. That would be wrong. You know, the premise would be wrong. You didn't say those things. And, you know... So what about Rudy Giuliani going to Williamsport and saying things that were wrong? I, I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, as a lawyer, uh, when you uh, submit a pleading to court, whether it's state court or federal court, you sign it that you're verifying that at least that these are some reasonable allegations that you have that you can produce some proof of what you're saying and that's 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 been the problem throughout all these lawsuits um they say things talk is cheap type thing proving it in court under oath finding a witness who can come in and say under oath i saw this happen or i participated in this or you know i put 50 extra ballots in a ballot box or something like that some proof um you know there is none and in you know across the board the uh, judges have been very consistent about this like you haven't produced any proof all you're doing is talking where's the proof it's a old story about remember the wendy's commercial where's the beef where's the beef <laughs> right. and and you know that just hasn't happened and what's interesting about it is that the judges are from across the board at least the, on the federal side some of the judges were appointed by bush some of the judges were appointed by Obama and some by even by Trump. And they've all been consistent. I think there, I, I forget what the latest count is, but there's been 40 some lawsuits filed throughout the United States, several here in Pennsylvania. And, you know, the Giuliani or, or Trump's record thus far is zero and 40. Now, if we had a sports team that was zero and 40, we would not think that that was a very good record. Uh, and, you know, I just think that somewhere along the line you have to say, wait a minute, there one of two things here, and, and I've said this, <laughs> Trump has the dumbest lawyers ever, or there's really no, no proof that they can uh, present to the standards that are required in court. Well, I think they've proved some, or at least have demonstrated that there were some serious problems in the election, but I don't think they've demonstrated that they would have altered the outcome of the election. I think you're you're absolutely right. And, and you know, 
I'm not saying it. We don't need to take a look at the election law, and I think that the legislature is committed to do that. We need to take a look at the law and find out where these these glitches were, and and you know. Uh, across the board and I think that we're we're going to do that there is a commission set up to do that and you know there may be some changes I don't think though that uh, mail-in voting is not it's it's around it's here it's here to stay uh, I think that the you know the Democrats jumped on mail-in ballots right off the bat they recognized uh, how important it was. The Republicans at first said, no, 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 we're against mail, mail-in voting of any kind. And then halfway through the campaign, the Trump Organization mails out an you know, a, a mail-in ballot application to every registered voter in the state, and then they start... Whether they were alive or dead, I might add, but that's another topic. <laughs> well, yes, it might be. And, uh, you know, and then start with robocalls as to why you haven't mailed in your application, you know, uh, yet. And I think that just that, uh, it caused some confusion uh, among the people as to what they should do. But um, I know former Representative Garth Everett, who represented parts of Union County, uh, was the chair of the state government committee in the House, and he was a big advocate for the mail-in voting, and that was something that was considered by his committee and went through his committee. And uh, he said, you know, people just need to understand how it how it's supposed to work. And I think that uh, there are some things that, you know, this, the, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court has, uh, I think, made their own rules, and I'm not sure that that's the, the correct thing to do. We've talked about how are we going to change that, how are we going to tell the court that when we say shall, we mean shall. It means it's mandatory. Uh, we may need to go back and take a look at some laws and, and make them more clear. Well, if I walked into the polling place and said, I'd like my ballot, I'm going to take it home and think about it for a couple of hours and I'll bring it back, you wouldn't allow me to do that because you don't know what I would do with that ballot once I left there. I isn't, agree. Isn't that the same with mail-in? We, because we don't have any mechanism in place to guarantee that the person who gets the ballot is actually the person who casts the vote. In some situations, uh, that that's true. I mean, uh, you know, if it were up to me, I'd go back to uh, uh, voter ID. We'd need a, a, you know, a picture or something to voter ID. I, I just think that voting is so... Uh, it's so important, and it is part of our duty as a citizen to spend the time. So it takes you an hour to go vote. Okay, fine. Take the hour and go vote. No, I agree. I mean, I've, I've voted personally in every election, even the pandemic ones this year. I don't see any harm in it. I mean, I felt safe in the polling place. The people were there. They were practicing social distancing. They were cleaning stuff. So, yeah, I haven't seen anything coming out, any statistics coming out of November 3rd that said that, that you know, that that was some spreader event that, uh, that COVID-19 went uh, through the right. roof after that. I mean, actually, you know, Pennsylvania's experience is... Up to I, I think we're number one now in the in the country uh, with what's gone on. Well, which I got to the polls at seven o'clock, and I was like twenty fifth or thirtieth in line in Little Shemokin Dam, and you know everybody was in good humor. They were keeping the distance. You know, so I, I don't see the harm in voting in person, and I don't have a problem with mail-in voting if there is some way to guarantee that the person who gets okay. the ballot is the person who casts it. 
I think, and Joe, you know, when when we talk about widespread fraud and irregularities and stuff, and, and you know, that includes all of my district. I mean, that includes Union County, Lycoming County, Sullivan, Bradford, Susquehanna, and everything. And I've talked to the voter, the, the voting uh, officials there, and they just they didn't have a problem you know there were there always a few little glitches like well somebody didn't get the right setup somebody didn't have the key to the front door or you know the there was a voting machine that was not working properly or something that always happens but from from those people i got nothing that said you know that there was any widespread irregularity and here's what's interesting i am not bragging about this but this is just a fact i looked this up i got more votes in my district than donald trump when i you know and i'm looking at this if he if the popularity was so great and my district is a heavily republican district and i understand that he should have outdistanced me if he was that popular, you know, way, way, way ahead of me. And I was surprised when I looked at it because somebody else said, when I, there was another person said, you know, did you check and see you got more votes in every one of your every one of your uh, counties than what Donald Trump did? And you did have an opponent. We'll say that. I mean, and and it, you know, it's why did I? I mean, I think that a lot of people that Trump had. There's no question. I supported him, so he had a lot of support. But I think that his support was not as strong as what he anticipated it was. And then when you go to the collar counties around Philadelphia, I mean, my son lives down there, and <laughs> there is no way that they were going to vote for Donald Trump. Well, I always said there should have been two questions on the ballot. One, who is the better human being? And two, who is the better? who has the better policies? I would have voted for uh, Biden on the first and Trump on the second. <laughs> yeah, I think that the, that was how, uh, actually, if you look at it from uh, one perspective, that's how Biden got elected. It was like, I've, I'm just not voting for Trump. I am not voting for Joe Biden. I'm voting against Donald Trump. Well, it could be the same for uh, Governor Wolf. You know, it wasn't necessarily the, the best candidate in history, but folks had enough of his predecessor, and they said, you know, because of the recession and all the things that happened, yeah. the uh, yeah. financial meltdown and everything else that happened at that time. All right, we're going to take a quickie break. We are going to open up the phones. If you have a succinct, brief, important, issue-oriented question for... Right. Not a statement, uh, but a question. Yes. <laughs> I'd like to do a diatribe with Senator Yaw listening. It'll only take about five minutes. No. Uh, but if you have a quick, uh, succinct uh, question, call us now. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. 1-800-795-9565. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Uh, Rob is ready to take your call. 1-800-795-9565. We have State Senator Gene Yaw uh, back in our studios. We're glad to say he'll stay past 9 o'clock, too. So we're going we're to really kind of exhaust the topic about really the important things that are happening. But we talked to him about the governor and where he stands with all of those restrictions the governor has placed on us. Are you for him or against him? <laughs> oh, yeah. Come on. He's, yeah, he thinks the governor's doing a wonderful job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really don't think that. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> I think that uh, when when the governor says that we're following the science, Governor and, and Dr. Levine say we're following the science, I don't know what science they're following because I don't know of any study out there or anything that says that uh, uh, restaurants are the source of the spread. And actually everything that I read here talk to healthcare officials is restaurants are not the source of the problem and um, I think uh, I hope I have this name in right uh, there was a study done just recently I think it's called the Burlington Declaration I may have the town wrong but it, what it was is uh, some healthcare uh, doctors and actually I know one of the doctors is ahead of one of the departments of Har- Harvard University uh, they got together and, and they looked at things across the board this is a part of a UN study United Nations and, and I'm not sure where the World Health Care Organization is involved but it's a UN study and it says basically the way we're going about uh, dealing with the uh, pandemic especially here in Pennsylvania uh, is is just backwards we should be focusing on the people who are vulnerable first of all and that is the more elderly and it's not only elderly it's elderly people that have a pre-existing condition of some sort whether it's diabetes or COPD or something like that that's where we should be focusing if you have any of those problems they even say that you should not even go to the grocery store you should have your groceries delivered to you stay home but for the rest of the people uh, number one, you should, and they specifically say they should be allowed to go about their lives in a normal way. And schools should be open, sports should be participated in. Uh, all these things should go, and that's what we, we should be doing. Uh, the study also says the, the uh, consequences of these lockdowns are astronomical. More people are going to die as a result of those consequences than actually die of the disease. And the chance of dying from COPD, or yeah, from COPD, from the coronavirus, is 0.0002. That's two one hundredths of a percent. That is really pretty. That's not very many people, and uh, it, you know one one of the side effects is that the the estimates are that there will be, uh, as a result of locking down economies, there will be 130 million people starved to death this year. 
actual starvation? Like yes. they were there and then they're not? Yes. In the world? Not In the world. Okay. There will be 80 million people that die because they're afraid to go to the hospital to get treatment, whether it's for diabetes, cancer, or heart problems. So the consequences of locking down, I mean, I understand 500,000 people are a lot of people who you know, died as a result of this. But when you look at the effects, the long-range effects, when you talk about 130 million people are going are, are gonna to starve to death because the supply chain has been interrupted, they can't get food, I mean, I think that we need to look at that. We need to look at the overall, the big picture. And I don't, Pennsylvania is not looking at the big picture. Uh, you know, what we did, uh, it was touted as, oh, it's going to be this great thing. We're locking down everything. Uh, okay, it's like, well, how's that worked? It hasn't worked very well because right now I think that the latest numbers are that Pennsylvania is the the biggest spreader in the United States of uh, COVID nineteen. Doctor Levine up, said yesterday lockdown, not uh, afterward. Yeah, Doctor Levine said yesterday that we've reached a plateau, but that's because of this uh, lockdown that we've reached it. Right. So that 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 you can empirically show if you freeze people in place, but nonetheless, <laughs> honest. I hope you mean figuratively. <laughs> right. But but at what cost? I mean, I'll, I'll echo what Senator. Yeah. Y'all saying at what cost, I guess, is the issue. Al, you're going to get about 30 seconds to ask a question. We might not get the full answer on, but Senator, y'all can hear you now. Okay. Good morning, and uh, thanks for taking my question. Uh, on Fox and Friends this morning, one of the big things about the election is they mentioned Pennsylvania had 2,000 more votes cast than uh, people registered in the state. Okay, he's heard it, and he'll respond. Thank you, Al. You're welcome. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's not true. That that uh, I mean, there's the the number two hundred thousand. It says that uh, there were two hundred thousand more votes than actually uh, signatures for voters. Uh, it, that's based on some probably less than professional studies. That had been done. Uh, I mean, it, there, there's a uh, committee, uh, or, or I don't even think it's a formal committee. It's a group of people in the Senate or not in the House have gotten together and done their own vote count, and that's what they've come up with. One of our good listeners sends a note: the Barrington Declaration. Barrington, right? It is uh, probably not all Burlington, the same, right? <laughs> Barrington. Well, you, were, you were close. Thank you. <laughs> and then he also sent about 20 links that refute it. So it's like everything else, right? There, there's two sides to the coin. All right, to be continued. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the mark, you got a question for State Senator Gene Yaw. Call us now, 1-800-795-9565. That's 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.wkok.com, and you can text us at 70236. Senator Yaw was elected in 2008. He is 77 years young, very, very active. Uh, he is the only individual 
individual in the entire United States of America who lost weight during the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) When you're working hard on your exercise bike, are you listening to music, watching TV, uh, reading emails? What's what's the activity when you're on the bike? I watch TV. Okay, so you're watching good television. All right. Penn well, College. Then we should of, ask him what happens on January 4th. Well, hold on. With a the minute. governor. Hold okay. on, hold on. Uh, he's on the board of directors at Penn College. Are you still on the board and general counsel? I'm, no, I'm not oh, general okay. counsel. I was promoted, er, well, demoted. I'm now the chairman of the board. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, and now you have extra work to do. And also on the Energy Committee in Harrisburg and uh, ultra informed on things that relate to drilling. Chesapeake Bay Commission, Environmental Quality Board, uh, U.S. Army. Veteran, thank you for your service, sir. Bucknell grad, and did you play collegiate sports or high school? I wrestled for a while, actually at Bucknell, and then I decided I really probably wasn't that good. Okay, I'm trying to humanize you a little bit. Should do other things. I think he's perfectly human on his own. Okay, perfect. Okay, thank (laughs) you. So, what happens on January 4th? Do we go back? Does the governor lift these restrictions, or is what's the feeling in Harrisburg? I know there was some uh, law being considered that would limit his capacity to continue with these emergency declarations. Oh yeah, I mean, we we the the House and the Senate passed a a pretty extensive uh, law, and actually there is a, a move now to change the constitution. Because the governor vetoed the bill that we sent him that would have restricted his power to declare these emergencies and what he could do. We, we've done everything. I mean, uh, he, we had a bill dealing with restaurants and, and eating bars and everything. And, you know, it passed both houses, went to the governor, he vetoed it. And then, uh, I mean, uh, we have tried everything. And as I said, we're down now to the point of we have to amend the Constitution, we'll pass it, and hopefully it goes through both houses, and then it will start to appear on the ballot in 2021 that will restrict his uh, powers to some extent. I think the last bill was... If there's a, to be a, a declaration longer, that the, first of all, the governor could de- declare an emergency for up to 21 days just on his own. But if he's going to extend it beyond that, he has to at least consult with the legislature. What, what form of consultation? Uh, actually, you get an up-down vote on whether it continues? Yes, yes. yes. If he, he has to convince the legislature, which the way we look at it, we represent the people. You know, and we need to. You need to talk to us uh, to find out what the people can do or not do. Well, I look at it this way: the governor. You know, I'm I'm sure his heart's in the right place. I'm sure Dr. Levine's heart's in the right place. But it almost seems to me like some of these governors have become power crazy. They they've shut things down. I agree with you. There's no science that shows restaurants. And Mark and I had this discussion yesterday, and he took me on about it. He believes there is science that shows that restaurants uh, can spread the disease. I haven't seen any such study. Matter of fact, in New York, the governor was challenged in courts uh, and told to display the proof that, that they cause a spread, and he can't do it. No. I, I, I don't know of anything. And, in, 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 you know, I like to talk about the 48-inch rule. You know, if, if, if you're sitting down, you don't have to wear a mask. 
like we're sitting down. Right. Okay. <laughs> but if you, but if we stand up, we're supposed to wear a mask. So that's proof <laughs> that the the COVID nineteen virus only operates above forty eight inches. And it doesn't affect bars if you have a sandwich along with your beer. Th- that's right. You know, <laughs> French fries are are a, <laughs> you know they will do it. According to the State Department of Health's weekly information of the two hundred seventy four people who answered yes, they'd been to a business lately, 41%, these are people who have COVID-19, 41% they said they had gone to a restaurant. So those individuals, 274 people answering yes to the contact tracer, uh, said yes, I'd been to a 41% said they'd been to a restaurant. That's a big number. So but how many had also been to family gatherings? I, I, yeah, I, that's my um, question exactly. Mark, where, where's the rest of the study? How many people uh, went... Oh, gosh. 17% said they'd been in social and or close family gatherings without protection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this sounds like So where school, do you think it's more likely they picked class. it up? Uh, it's, it's still probably more likely. In fact, there's no argument about that. But, you know, the dilemma is that the governor and the secretary of health have to save lives, and they can't control your family gatherings, uh, and they can't stop you from meeting the, the in the backyard. The idea of saving lives, I think, is, is uh, you know, we, we talked about it before, uh, the unintended consequences of how many people are going to die, how many people are going to commit suicide uh, because they can't get out uh, in isolation and stuff. I mean, somewhere along the line, there's a little bit of risk okay. that we all have to take. What about it's, overwhelming hospitals? The death is, is uh, still, you know, 0.01% or whatever. What about overwhelming hospitals? You see Geisinger, 177 patients on board right now with COVID-19 at Danville. Well, look at California, how tied down they are, and their hospitals are overwhelmed. Yeah. And they're tied mm-hmm. down much more tightly than Pennsylvania. But back back to Gene, yeah, not overwhelming Pennsylvania hospitals. To my knowledge right now, the Pennsylvania hospitals are, they're dealing with it. And, you know, once again, though, we come back to the idea of, like, uh, uh, our, what we're doing, are we creating this situation where people are so damn afraid of what's going on that, you know, they, they won't get health care that they need? How many people, I, I'd like to know how many of us have already been exposed to this? You know, the with the vaccine that's that's out there and i think that the number that i've heard is 70 percent of the population has to be uh, get a vaccine or be exposed in order for this to stop 70 percent of us so you know we're a long 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 way from there you know mark i i don't know whether we're a long way from that how many people have we been exposed i don't know i i've I've not had a test or an antibody test so i don't know all right let's see we got callers on the line really quick succinct questions we'll start with number one go ahead bob you're on the mark go ahead uh yes uh, sir Uh, you know um i have a question when it comes to the uh, sources of all these uh, studies and that. You know, it's like I said before when all this began and that, uh, to be on the same page with uh, what's happening over in Europe and what's happening here. I mean, where are the sources of these studies coming from? Okay, where are the sources of the studies coming oh, from? Well, Senator, heard your question. <laughs> I, guess, I guarantee you we got the wrong panel for that answer. <laughs> uh, uh, the sources of the study come from anybody who wants to do a study to promote the, you know, kind of their own uh, uh, view of it. That, that's exactly right. Yeah, ask Governor know. Cuomo. Go go to Governor Cuomo's COVID site, and he has 
he has the sources for this. He's using that, and it's now sort of the go-to standard. Or better yet, buy for, his book and read how great he is. Well, okay, that is a way, I suppose. Mike, you're on the mark. Quickie questions for Senator Yaw. Go right ahead. Yeah, I'd like to know what uh, he and his fellow legislators are doing to expedite uh, Operation Snail Space to get this uh, <laughs> To get people uh, vaccinated and get get shots in arms, what is the legislature legislature doing to get this thing moving a little better? All right, excellent question. Fair thank enough. you, Thanks, thank Mike. you so much, Mike. Talking about Operation Warp Speed, of course. Yeah, um, I, the Pennsylvania legislature, to my knowledge, we're we're not doing anything, and and the reason is it's not a legislative issue. It's a health care. It's a um, an issue in the, their supply chain, and to my knowledge, that you know we see a list uh, uh, virtually every day of all the hospitals that are getting uh, uh, the virus or yeah the vaccine and. You know, I quite quite frankly, this is something that the legislature should stay out of and let the uh, the healthcare system take care of it. You well, haven't gotten yours yet, right? Pardon? You uh, haven't gotten vaccinated yet? Okay. A uh, lot maybe, of eggheads no, are budging to the front of the line. Maybe should, he should have asked instead, not what the legislature is doing, but what is the state's role in making sure that this gets rolled out quickly? I think the state's role, to my knowledge, is uh, is minimal in it. Uh, I I don't know uh, other than to say that the Department of Health is supports what's gone on, but the uh, uh, the distribution goes directly to the hospitals. One of our listeners going all the way back to voting anomaly says, "Good morning. Why do other states have more than one day to vote? Pennsylvania only has one day." It's up to the states. How they run their election. How they run their election. You could say that Pennsylvania has more days because of the mail-in voting. Of course, they come out about a month before the election, so you can uh, do that. So it's, it's, yeah, we've noticed that lately. It's definitely uh, up to the states. The one thing I will say about mail-in voting, it's probably going to change the entire way that uh, political campaigns are run because mail-in voting starts, the people start, you know, a month before or more. Uh, it used to be that uh, you never put up yard signs until a month before the election, and then the big push, especially for uh, mail-in ballots, was like two weeks before the election. Right, That's gonna not going to be the case now. I mean, November elections are the campaigning, unfortunately, because some people get sick of it, is going to start in September. What about for municipal elections, which are coming up next year? Do you see mail-in balloting playing a big role in that? I think it will. Sure. Okay. All right, we're going to take a quickie break, and then when we come back, we'll do our final push with State Senator Gene Yaw. Get your question, text, or email now, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com or text us at 70236. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. We talk about state uh, legislators who don't walk the walk. Well, the man who wrote, who literally authored the legislation to make the hellbender, <laughs> the state amphibian, is with us, and he has literally walked the walk. Uh, do you fly fish or trap bait fish, anything like that? No, I, I, I okay. never really like to fish. Wait. I have, but I just don't. It's not one of the things that I really like okay. to do. I know you hunt, because I've seen you there. I've, I've, yeah. I've been at one of those uh, massive law and enforcement-oriented hunts up in Lycoming County. Carl, quickie question for the senator, and then we're going to wrap up our interview. Go right ahead. Yes, good morning, everybody. Uh, good morning, Senator. I was just wondering if you're considering running for governor. <laughs> <laughs> he heard your question, Carl. Why? Uh, well, I, didn't, I didn't think it was that funny. <laughs> now, uh... You know, thank you. I, I mean, anybody that would even think that, I, I really appreciate the thought. Um, you know, if I were a lot younger, I might think about something like that. But uh, now at this point, I I think that uh, I have a lot that I want to do in the Senate. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of issues out there across the board, uh, not in any any particular uh, area. And uh, I think I still have a, a lot to do in the Senate. All right. Thank you so much, well, Carl. I, I'd, like, I'd like you to consider it. Uh, I think, you know, following your uh, 12 years, you've done a great job. And uh, I, I really would. I'd like you to consider it. Thank right. you for your time. Yeah, noted. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you heard it first here. So much. <laughs> uh, open mic. What would you like to talk about? Anything else on your mind? Anything that else? We didn't happened? ask you. Yeah. No, I, I, I just think that I, I have a lot of things in the in, in the pipeline that we want to do in 2021 or in the next legislative session. I mean, there there's things out there. You mentioned that we haven't talked about the Chesapeake Bay. That's a huge issue with me. Uh, it, it, not only with me, but it, that affects uh, all of uh, Pennsylvanians. It, well, it affects half of Pennsylvania in the, in the uh, Susquehanna watershed, things like that. We have a fertilizer bill that I work with uh, uh, Secretary Redding and the uh, Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture. It's the first time the fertilizer bill has been rewritten in uh, almost 60 years. Uh, You're going to put some teeth in it this time? Yeah, there will be teeth in it and you know of what people can do and uh, we're changing the mix uh, or the uh, uh, composition for fertilizer that goes on lawns things like that uh, it, it just a lot of issues and of course then you know the gas issue and we have Reggie Reggie means Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative. That's a huge issue. And so I, I just have a, a, a whole smorgasbord of issues that uh, uh, we're at the forefront on. Broadband, broadband is huge. I mean, uh, I chair the Center for Rural Pennsylvania, and the number one issue of everything, when all, uh, everything else is put aside in my district, is broadband. 
high well, it used speed, to be high speed internet. It used to be a lack of broadband was just a little asterisk when you were talking about education, but look what happened. It, yeah. it, it it's been brought to the forefront. Two things that brought it to the forefront: the education, uh, and then and telemedicine. Uh, you, you know, with okay. the, the COVID-19 has been, uh, you know, if there's any good to come out of it, uh, that's been it. Uh, how important broadband is for education and telemedicine. One of our listeners sends a note, Joe, if you would, please. Just how do you state legislatures rationalize using $1.3 billion in leftover CARES funds to balance the state budget, while at the same time complain about restaurants and bars going out of business because of lack of revenue? Additionally, how is spending $1.3 billion on a balanced budget possible while complaining that there will be no bailout for states who have high liabilities due to pension obligations? And Pennsylvania is one. And that's signed by John. Yeah, I, I had that, that a similar question to that from a friend and constituent in Lycoming County, He's he, a restaurant owner, and he said, why are you using the $1.3 billion to uh, balance the budget? Why, why don't you send the money to restaurants in particular? Um, I forget the exact numbers now, but uh, what I told him is that, you know, the $1.3 billion, we had requests for that money, which totaled I think more than something in the vicinity of 10 to 20 billion is like you know everybody had a solution and we said you know rather than pick and choose let's put it in the budget where it benefits maybe a little everybody to a little bit and that was kind of the the, the rationale uh, I raised the, uh, the the question we took the number of restaurants and if we to put all that 1.3 billion and sent it to restaurants I forget how many thousand restaurants there are in Pennsylvania but uh, the number it would have come out everybody would have gotten about twelve hundred and fifty dollars and I asked my friend I said would twelve hundred and fifty dollars really make any difference <laughs> to a restaurant staying open or closing and the answer was no and I said well then that I mean that's why we did what we did. Uh, you, you know, that was a judgment call. Was it the best one? Uh, you know, I mean, you can always go back and uh, second guess it, but that's why we did it. Well, you have to pass a balanced budget one way or another. So yes. that, that was, and you were given the freedom to use that funding. And I, I think you did spend it in a way that you literally said uh, benefits absolutely everybody. Joe, you going to ask about radar or not? No, no. Oh, no. my gosh. <laughs> I'm giving Gene a break today. He came, the whole reason he came down here. Oh, my gosh. A wasted trip. Thanks for coming anyway. Thank you, you Senator. Know. Always good to see you. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks, Thank Senator Gene. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We will come back with open phones. Send us your emails. Dial it up. 1-800-795-9565. We'll scan some news headlines. And we'll be right back. There, yeah. Joe, you got your first endorsement for mayor. <laughs> Thank you, Gene. <laughs> now, don't, you just got an endorsement. Tell everybody about no, that. No, I, I would said I didn't realize Gene was 77 years old, and I said I have uh, to, if I'm going to run for mayor again, I have to do it next year. And I said my wife's saying to me, oh, you're too old, you shouldn't run. And Gene's the same age, and he says I should. Okay, so there you go. So there's one endorsement. One endorsement. So you right. really, you're going to have to start racking in a few more. All right, we got open phones right now. I'm going to do headlines in a sec. On the mark, sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please Please do check them out at sunburymotors.com. We invite you to do what I have done, and that's go to sunburymotors.com. Look at all the Fords, all the
the Lincolns, all the Kias, all the Hyundais, and any single one of them, any single vehicle on uh, that website, and there are hundreds of them, would be perfect to, for just the right individual around here. So check them all out. They also have pre-owned inventory. You can click right on the Carfax. You can look at everything you need to know about that vehicle. They've been through a 200-point check, and they are literally are perfect vehicles. Any dog vehicles are moved off the lot, and they are, get auctioned off, and then they show up Herf, elsewhere. Herf. Right, exactly. That's what they sound it's gone. like when you start them. So you can drive Joe's V8 Lincoln Navigator. Oh, yeah, you can drive yeah, my yeah. Ford F-150 Hybrid that's down there. You can drive the Kia Sorento that uh, seems to be perfect for my hunting buddies because it holds a ton of people. Or the Hyundai Sonata is another vehicle, that, for example, that would be perfect for you. But check them all out. That All of those good purchases start out at sunburymotors.com. We invite you to please uh, do check out sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line now open, 1-800-795-9565. You can talk about some of the remarks that State Senator Gene Yaw had. Uh, he does not buy into the Stop the Steal movement in any way, shape, or form at this point because all of these things have been resolved. So we can talk about that. The COVID restrictions are, are onerous and uh, not targeting exactly the right areas. So you can we can discuss that and as well. And we have in Massachusetts, we have the uh, legislature overriding the governor's veto on a bill that would allow 16-year-old girls to get abortions without parental consent. All right, so we'll talk about that. Uh, our toll-free line now open, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com or text us at 70236. We do have some brief news headlines here. There'll be free testing for COVID-19 next week in Union County, all five days next week. Up to 450 people can go to the parking lot of the Christ United Lutheran Church, the Four Bells Church on Route 45, and that will be open for testing. Unfortunately, for New Year's Eve parties and restaurants uh, for the foreseeable future, the partial lockdown of Pennsylvania will continue for now and won't be curtailed early. The statewide percent positivity, as reported on the early warning monitoring dashboard, is now 15.1% statewide. This continues to represent a slight decrease from the week before. And Dr. Rachel Levine says there are several positive numbers indicating that we have hit what she called a plateau, but nonetheless, uh, the mitigation will stay in effect for now, at least until January 4th, and uh, Lawrence's worthless wisdom most likely after that. Ten people have died from COVID-19 around here. Most of these individuals were residents of long-term care facilities. No changes in the numbers of hospitalizations around here are our state legislators guilty of sedition. Joe Biden won Pennsylvania by more than 80,000 votes, but a number of GOP lawmakers are not convinced and have been working with Donald Trump to overturn the results. Representative Brian Sims says they've been acting outside the law. I've taken the extraordinary measure of filing a resolution in the House of Representatives reminding my colleagues about the definition and ramifications of sedition. Sedition is conspiring to overthrow, put down, or destroy the government of the United States and doesn't require many of the same acts that treason does. GOP lawmakers have taken several steps to challenge the results, including filing suit in state and federal court, seeking to have the results decertified, and attempting to appoint their own set of electors to choose Trump over Biden. 
Biden. I'm David Payne, News Radio 1070 WKOK. And uh, one of the brief news headlines, Governor Tom Wolf, Penn Live reporting today. Governor Tom Wolf ordered restaurants to close indoor dining through January 4th. A handful of establishments are defiant, and the governor is taking them to court, including Middleburg Auction Sale Barn Restaurant in Snyder County along Route 522. We have more of that Penn Live article at WKOK.com. All right, we got open phones. we got a caller waiting. Another good listener says sends us a note. Says, Joe, read that, says, please. Says, if you bothered to look, you would find there are lots of studies on coronavirus spread in restaurants. Sadly, not a good place to be indoors. Really? I haven't seen any of those studies. I even Googled it. Did you well, find any studies no. online? Uh, I haven't looked. I know they exist. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. I know what the right thing is, so I don't need information. To <laughs> well, there, now there's a statement. I don't, I don't confuse me with facts. I know what the right thing is. <laughs> I already know what the facts say. And the sky's blue. There's no arguing about it. I don't need to go outside to see it. So all the ones that show only less than 2% of people get it there, they're, they're all fake studies. But your study's the right one. Another good right. listener says, uh, Mark, comma, the reason why the governor and his administration are enforcing lockdowns on restaurants, barbershops, salons, etc., because they have the authority to do so through the licensing and the threat of removing their licenses. So that's why he uses restaurants. Like I said uh, to our good guest here, you can't control families. You can't control a backyard party. You can't tell people not to have 100 people over for Thanksgiving. But the governor can do this. Thank you, Mark, for that. Uh, very much appreciated for that. Excellent. Thanking yourself? Excellent reminder. I uh, know it's from one of the marks in our good listening okay. area. All right. Cindy has been waiting. Good morning, Cindy. Thanks for calling in. You're on the mark. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. I'm guessing by based on some of the comments I hear from the listeners that they're not aware of federalism, that we have a, a central federal government, but the states basically are running everything. And there are lots of examples of this. Uh, in education, yes, the federal government gets involved, but it doesn't send money directly to the schools. All that money that the federal government gives goes to every state. And that state Department of Education then sets up a program for handing out the money. So why they think, and there's lots of examples of this, the COPS program, I mean, you know, there's just many examples. They don't come down and pay the bill for building the bridge. They give money to PennDOT. They give money to the state, and the state uses the money to uh, execute whatever uh, department it is, Heap, another example, you know, CHIP for children's health insurance. They don't cut, pay the bills for children. So what, I think it's, um, you're not looking at how our government works correctly when you expect the federal government to do something about vaccinating. They got the vaccine created through uh, partnerships with uh, private enterprise. They arrange to get it to the states, and it is up to the states and through the states, the local regions, to get the vaccines given out. Now, I do understand the federal government contracted with several pharmacy chains to get it done, to deliver it to um, nursing homes. But, you know, I, you don't, I don't know what they expect the federal government to do to change this. The other question, or the most important question I have is, so many people who call in have blamed the president, the current sitting president, for the COVID deaths till now. So I'm just wondering, the day Biden takes office, does he then, does the count restart, and now <laughs> all these things are his fault? Or is it a week later, you want to give him a grace period of a week, and then it's all his fault? 
then he's the one responsible for all the people dying. I just wonder how they plan to calculate this. Well, the or mainstream are they going to pull the shenanigans that it's permanently President Trump? Right. The mainstream media will never concede that uh, President Biden has done anything wrong. <laughs> I suspect that's true, which is a foolish attitude to take because no human being is infallible, and therefore everyone is inclined to make mistakes along the way. I don't know, you know, while the um, President Biden, President-elect Biden, has come on and repeatedly asked everybody to put on a mask and he's going to demand to get masks on people, obviously some people choose to follow that and some people don't, just like some people speed down the highways and some people follow the speed limits. You know, I, I yeah, don't look know. at Joe. Holy smokes. What? Pardon? <laughs> look at Joe. Holy smokes. I follow the speed limit. Oh, yeah, anyway. All right, I'm sorry. Go back. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. But the thing and is. He won't even. And he gets <laughs> mad at people who won't turn right up there at Orchard Hills at that traffic light. That's right. But, That's you know, right, Joe. unfortunately, Woodrow Wilson is no longer with us because he's the only other president who had experience in a pandemic. And I don't believe he got anywhere near as much criticism for handling it because uh, this President Trump did, and he did virtually nothing. We didn't have the Internet at that time. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> or social media. Well, uh, you know, first. First, let's all understand the federal government does not go in and, and administer, directly administer these things. It's done through a chain. The chain is they send the money to the states and or the vaccine in this case, and the state creates a distribution system that distributes that money across. It. I'm not aware. I'm sure someone's going to look it up and find it. I'm not aware of a federal program that, you, that uh, circumvents that process. I, you know, I can name many that don't, including LIHEAP, special education, the, the children's school nutrition program, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All come to the state, and then the state sends it to the, to the uh, local school districts. So, right. And I'm sure there's things in terms of local government, Joe. I'm sure there's grants, et cetera. You have to go the cabbage grants, you know, the CBDG, the community development grants. They come, and then they're distributed through the county. They're not given handed out the federal government isn't handing that out directly to individuals all right that's true all right thank you so thank much you. sandy thank really appreciate the clarification yeah that's uh, interesting news we'll take more comers 1-800-795-9565 talking about specifically in that regard the role of the federal government and uh, it's not uh, the snail's pace. Operation what, snail's pace. Operation snail's Thank you. Okay. What you called it. Couldn't remember that. All right. Uh, Jim, thank you so much for calling in. We're enjoying open phones. Go right ahead. You're good, on the mark. Good, bon- good morning, Mark and Joe. Morning. And I hope you uh, have a good new year and get a raise. Mark, uh, I've been trying to find out through Guy Singer and everybody else because I can't take the flu shot. I would get an anaphylactic shock. Jim, you and did. That, Jim, you and called. I even called Geisinger on the uh, 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 coronavirus shots, but I can't seem to find out. Jim, you raised this issue. There's an egg base in it. You raised this issue before, and now I think we got you your answer. I'm told that none of them are egg based. Right, oh, none not. of them are. No, they're no, based they're on RNA duplication. RNA duplication, right? They're not egg based. Oh, okay. Well, Joe, Never I'm mind. the same age as you. And I hope you and your family have a good uh, New Year and get a raise. Well, and yeah. I'm, uh, if you're on Social, <laughs> Secur- Social Security, I got an $11 raise. So All right. Uh, Things are looking good, woo-hoo. aren't they, Jim? <laughs> right. And we're going to get Mark, 600 bucks. I have had deer in my yard every day last week. 
Don't tell Lawrence that. No, He'll no come over kidding. there with his gun. Well, I'm only buck hunting at this point. So, All right, thank you so <laughs> much, Jim. Believe it or not, I've had two buck in the backyard, oh, dear. and I live right near Lourdes. Well, I, I, I hope you get the vaccine soon, and I hope it, uh, you have no, absolutely no reaction to it. And apparently most of the people who have gotten it have had no reaction at all. So great and news. And I see AstraZeneca just came out with one that's even supposed to be better. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Keep our Thank fingers you so much. crossed, Jim. Thanks. Happy New Year. Thank you. All right. We got two calls coming in. Now we got a new caller on the line. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Go ahead, Mike. You talking to? Yep. Oh, you talking to me? I'm stuck. <laughs> I don't usually call twice, but uh, Cindy said the state organizes uh, how uh, the vaccine is going to be distributed and where it's going to go and handle it and this and that. And when I when I ask y'all a question about what what about what him and his legislature is doing. He said the state has no uh, no business in, in doing anything about the uh, virus uh, distribution. He said the legislature so has nothing. He said the legislature has nothing to do with it. And I asked him what the state's role no, he, was. No, 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 no. He said the state. Uh, well, that's what I'm just saying to you. I asked him then. I said your question would have been better phrased if you had asked him what the state's role is, and he said very yeah. minimal. His answer was very it, minimal. Was nothing. Yeah, but. I mean, Trump pushed the whole thing off onto the states months ago. Well, apparently the way that... Well, but that doesn't mean the legislature has to give in. Well, the Department of Health is already ready. The National Guard has a tiny role and soon to have a bigger role. All right. Do they have oversight committees in state government? Sure. Yeah, they do. Well, why aren't they oversighting what's going on and why the... Uh, the, virus, the vaccines aren't being distributed more quickly. But we don't know how fast they're being distributed in Pennsylvania. I didn't hear Dr. Levine, who gives almost every day excruciating detail, how many people have actually been vaccinated here in Pennsylvania. And I haven't well, heard her say oh, that she needs anything in particular to accomplish what the, what they want to do. All she, all she mentions is uh, nursing homes and assisted living. But right. she it. mentioned 72,000 frontline patient contact health care. Yeah, those people, too. Yeah, right. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, just 72,000 people, people. Who are they? But have they gotten it, or are they are they pending? And here's the thing. I some of the people, I'm told that some of the people, and even health care professionals, don't want to take it. Some of them don't believe in vaccines. <laughs> hey, they can get together and give each other big kisses, as far as I'm concerned, but I want to get it. <laughs> You understand? I agree with you. I Believe care, me. I don't care if they walk around and 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 die from COVID tomorrow. Tomorrow, that's their uh, what they've chosen to do. That's not my problem. Right. I believe in the science. I want to get a vaccine because I'm 72 years old. And I have a couple conditions. Is that too much for me to ask? No, it's nope. not. And you got a lot of eggheads and well-connected people and people who don't have patient care and a lot of politicians who are budging ahead of you because of who they know or where they're connected or where they work, yeah. who have no patient contact, right. aren't in a nursing home, but they uh-huh. think, oh, I'll I get will the give, vaccine uh, because I'm going to set a good uh, example for I'll my I'll give Governor Wolf more credit than I will Olivia Casio cortez She took it. The governor said he wasn't going to jake in line and yeah. get ahead of Somebody. Yeah, yeah, our horrible governor. All he's trying to do is try to keep people safe as best he can. But he well, he said he wasn't going to take. That. No, he said he wasn't going to take the vaccine. He wanted it to go to somebody yeah, who was more at risk. That was that was very large of him. Yeah, he's yeah. successfully working at home. He says <laughs> so. All right, yeah. thank you so much, Mike. Really All appreciate right. the call. I, I got to stop harping on this, but I'm. I'm oh, really sorry. upset about this. Uh, well, we'll keep looking at it for you. I agree with you. Thank you. Speed Call it up. on Monday and reharp. All right. Uh, Tom, you're on the mark. Thanks for waiting. Go right ahead. Yeah, you know when uh, 
when these four people got killed over at Benghazi, the far, far right, they made a big deal. Four people got killed, and you're still hearing about it today. The far, far right will not let it go. So when Sidney calls up and starts complaining about people picking on Trump, you know, he's getting, he's getting, you know, what they say, what goes around comes around. And he did handle this poorly. This could have been handled a lot better. But the, the, the right has nothing to complain about. They complained about four people getting killed. Who the guy that was who, the guy that was actually running that over in Benghazi? They asked them to leave, and the guy said, "No, we want to stay and complete our mission." So you know, this 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 stuff from the far far right complaining about picking on Trump is actually ridiculous. Because we got three hundred and what forty thousand people dead now, <laughs> and and there was four people killed. I think that's a I think that's a pretty good comparison. So, how many of these three hundred forty thousand people are laid directly at Donald Trump's door, in your view? Well, I don't know. He handled it poorly. I mean, I, I can't give you a number. I'm just saying. How did he handle it poorly when he rushed? Handled poorly. I can't give you a number. I'm just saying. He focused it was on handled poorly a lot a lot more poorly than Benghazi because those those people in Benghazi were actually asked to leave and the guy well, said no well, don't you think it would have been stay here and complete the mission don't you think that the president had a choice to make he could have done all that you ask with masks and everything else but instead he focused on getting the vaccine in record time and whether you like him yeah, or hate him start, but he start he started things way too late I he mean, didn't he, he started he started he started that very quickly the mass and everything like two months before he had, before anything even happened. But look at all this stuff. We're doing all this masks. We know all this stuff now. Wash your hands. Keep your distance. In California, they're kill- people are dying right and left, and that's not on the president. The uh, governor how, out how there is cracked have, down. How come over in Australia they just about have this thing down where hardly well, how come in, has it? How come in California where the governor's really yeah, well, cracked I'm down? You, I'm asking you about... I'm you just you don't want to say anything. I'm asking you about a Democratic governor in California. Where nobody has it. Now, how about the Democratic governor in California who's cracked down, gone to a restaurant, and eating bait? He's deflecting. He's not. No, I, well, you wouldn't ask. Here. You wouldn't answer mine. I'll answer yours if you answer mine. I don't know what Australia's done right, but I know what California's done right. Supposedly, they've shut everything down, and people are still dying, and their hospitals are well, overwhelmed. That's in Los Angeles County has 10 million people in it. It's one-fourth the population of California. And there's a lot of people, and they're, they're packed in tight. That's their problem out, out in California. Well, and I think there's not much a governor can do about that. Well, then why do you suppose there's uh, over 800,000 signatures on a recall petition to get Newsom out of there? Well, because that's the way people are. They, they, they <laughs> think that everything is... Uh, is simple that any that anybody anybody could go in there and do it better. Well, then doesn't how does that well, then, how does that equate do? somebody in there to open everything up? How does that equate with your view of President Trump? You're saying that it looks very it. okay, but Newsom doesn't, but the president does. I got no, you. No, he doesn't. He Re- doesn't. No. We could sum this all up by saying Democrats good, Republicans bad, right? It would have saved a lot of time. <laughs> all right, thank pretty you. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> All right, well, at least we know where you're coming from. Tell these people, now you're listening, people, quit crying about Trump being picked on because they picked on Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama much more than they did 
much more than Donald Trump is getting. Oh, I'm sure that could not be empirically proven. <laughs> no president's been and, scrutinized and you know more than Donald Trump. And you know what else they did to Barack Obama? Everybody says they didn't pick on him. You know, they 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 hung him in effigy and burned burned a thing in effigy of him. Where? I don't think it can get much worse than Barack that. Obama, but when he was first elected. Pre-tea party. All right. Thank you so much, Tom. Really appreciate the call. Happy New Year, Tom. (laughs) You just had to get that in there. Upper right-hand corner, then the break, and then the call. uh, State officials also announced 82,790 doses of COVID-19 vaccine have been administered as of Tuesday morning. That is 0.008% of the Pennsylvania population over the age of 18. All right. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We will be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. be great for people if we could all get along like that and work in unison we'd all be spreading the virus we're talking about the bees well yeah that's true if one gets sick they all get sick all right 1-800-795-9565 we'd have time for a speedy dialer mike you're on the mark we've been talking about uh, and to state senator gene yaw and the covid restrictions in pennsylvania and president trump what's on your mind yeah, this morning I was listening, and, and uh, Senator Yaw, he, he brought up about the Republicans and how misbehaving they were, and, and they were breaking the law and not following the Constitution. And Joe responded, well, what about the changes to the voting laws that were made by the Democrats? And he kind of glossed over it, and he says, well, yeah, that's an issue that's out there. Okay, you know what, as far as I'm concerned, I'm calling from the far, far right of your listening area, and if it weren't for double standards, Democrats like him wouldn't have any standards. Senator Yaw is a Republican. Oh my gosh, that's even worse. <laughs> was it? What's his name? Mitt Romney, y'all? No, no. He, oh no, he's staunchly Republican. I don't think he has any Democrat-leaning votes that really get talked about. Uh, but he is opposed to. The, the senator's a moderate Republican of the Ronald Reagan school, and I must admit, I believe I am as well. So, you know, Gene's credentials as a Republican yeah, are pretty Arlen strong. The Arlen Specter kind of Republican. Right. No, no. Yes, you are. You are. Well, the way I see it, if he if he's a real uh, a good Republican, he would have been, uh, you know, backing you up, Joe, when it came to the changes that were made to our voting laws that did not go through the House. And then I wanted to, real quickly, uh, probably last month I made a joke about, you know, how the Democrats are suggesting re-education camps for Trump supporters. Right. But you know what? I think, I think we're almost there. I was on Twitter, and I wanted to like a tweet. And before I could like a tweet, I had to read a rebuttal to that tweet before I would be allowed to, to like it. So in my mind, we have digital re-education now in, on, on Twitter, 
And then finally, you know, these people complaining about Trump, Trump, Trump. I mean, it doesn't matter what day it is. It's always a new narrative. And I guess today is the narrative that he's he's slowing down the vaccine and it's not being distributed. And that's that's the narrative. Well, you know what? Was it Rahm Emanuel said that never let a good crisis go to waste? Well, you know what? They're, they're creating one crisis after another in the minds of people. And I, I don't want to be a, a far-right conspiracy theorist, but, you know, I can see the day when they would say, you know, we could fight these pandemics better if everybody had a chip in them. And then that way, when you went for your shot, we could scan you. All your information would go in. We'd know you uh, weren't vaccinated <laughs> before, and now you have it. So, you know, who knows what's coming? I mean, the, the crap that these Democrats have gotten away with because of this pandemic, they're not going to stop when Biden gets in. They're going to keep taking advantage. Well, and the, uh, the, the number tattoos didn't work out, so we're going to use a chip now on everybody. That's what we Democrats want to do. Thank you so much, Mike. Really appreciate it. Have a nice New Year, Mike. Yep. Ignore Mark, but just have a nice <laughs> New Year. Do not ignore Mark. <laughs> that is unsound hey. advice. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate that. All right, Al, last caller of the entire year. Good morning, sir. You're on oh, the mark. Hi. What a privilege. Well, this is a follow-up, and it's a note, so I'm not going to be straying. Uh, 17 is Senator Yon's, uh, Gene Yon's uh, fellow senators supported the question I asked him about the anonymity of uh, whatever it's called. The, I can't say the word. Anomaly? 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 anomaly. Election anomalies? Well, he's in favor of this audit and review that's underway. He talked about that. All right, it was 202,000. And Biden only won by 88,000, which Joe just said was .008 of the adult population that voted in Pennsylvania. No, that, that was about people who had been uh, received the vaccine. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're blending. Yeah, but the number <laughs> correlated, Darren, and it's the same thing. If you're 87,000, that's taking the vaccine. But I'm just saying, and because I want to say you need a half a point, dif- uh, half a percentage difference for an automatic recount. So it's kind of being dismissed. It was enough to change the election. And everybody says, well, it wasn't enough to change the election. But right there's one point that changed the election. And the thing on Fox News was pointing out four states that if you do count these, ano- these anomalies, um, it could have changed the election over, overall. And, I, and this year I can see uh, the slipping away of our freedom big time, 2020. And I always warn you about China. And um, and when we want to change something, then we have to vote. And coming back and around to the vote, well, not 74 million people don't trust the vote this time. So, so what now do you do? If you can't trust the vote, you tried everything. Well, 79, 79, million, 79 million people apparently do trust it. So who do we go with, the 79 or the 74? All right. Thank you so much, Al. Really appreciate the call. I understand what you're saying, but still. Happy, happy, happy New Year. And happy New Year to you, too, Mr. Lawrence. Hey, you, too, brother. So yeah. glad to see you. Another great year behind us. We very much appreciate you coming in every day. And I day. appreciate you coming in every day. And we'll do it all again next year. I'm already here. <laughs> happy New Year to everybody. This is News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury.